Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of BBP News. I'm Nicholas Rod. Chris Baker's here with me. We are back for another Friday morning episode. Chris, start us off in the normal Friday morning fashion by giving us the weather headed into this weekend. In Los Angeles, California, it is sunny 79 with a sunny weekend. In Houston, Texas, it is sunny 85 with a mostly sunny weekend. Chicago, Illinois, partly cloudy 71 with a sunny weekend. And in New York City, it is sunny 62 with rain moving in for Sunday. All right. Well, Chris, we have a lot to get into today, so no reason to really mess around. Why don't we jump right into the news? Sure. The federal student loan forgiveness application is now officially available for all qualified borrowers on studentaid.gov. But what happens if you applied over the weekend during the beta test or if you're applying starting now? First, according to the president, during the weekend beta test, 8 million student loan borrowers successfully submitted an application. If you applied over the weekend during the beta test, you do not have to apply again now that the application is fully launched. But here's the deal. If you applied during the beta test, and even if you apply now, if you're qualified, you're going to have to hang tight on your up to $10,000 or $20,000 of forgiveness. Why is this? The government has said that they are not going to start processing applications until later this month. It's really important to understand that there are several lawsuits trying to shut down this entire program, and those have not yet been resolved. We've talked about one of these lawsuits, one of the big lawsuits before, and the president said this week that the White House's legal view is that this program is completely legal. But you never know with the legal system. 30 million American adults could benefit from hearing aid use, and until today, hearing aids have been very expensive and required a costly assessment and doctor's prescription. But starting this week, no more hearing aids are available over-the-counter, but there's a little more to it than just that. It's not all hearing aids. This only applies to certain hearing aids for those who have mid-to-moderate hearing impairments and over the age of 18. But they're now available at local drugstores like CVS or Walgreens or even at Best Buy, and in some states also Walmart. Some of these hearing aids are going for as little as $199. Prescription hearing aids can sell for anywhere between $2,000 and $8,000. The FDA says that 30 million Americans have hearing loss, but only about one-fifth of these people use hearing aids because they're too expensive or because of the perceived stigma. This is all possible because in 2017, Congress passed a bipartisan law that requires the FDA to create a specific category of over-the-counter hearing aids. And it took this long to go through the rulemaking process, plus President Biden signed an executive order back in July that sped up the rollout. Inflation is going to change your taxes in 2023, and you may get to take home more of your paycheck as a result. The IRS announced this week it's raising the standard deduction and changing income thresholds for the tax brackets. First, let's make this clear. This is for the 2023 tax year. You will file that tax return in 2024, but the changes take effect in January and could show up as lower tax withholding from your paychecks, meaning possibly take home more money. The new tax bracket applies to taxable income, which is income after deductibles. All the income thresholds have increased about 7% over 2022. This is meant to prevent what's called the bracket creep. 
The government adjusts the income threshold in the bracket to account for annual cost of living pay increases at your job. Without those adjustments to the bracket, you may get pushed into a higher tax bracket even though your standard of living hasn't changed. The IRS has also increased the standard deduction in 2023. The IRS says it'll now be $27,700 for married couples and $13,850 for individuals. That's 7% more than this year. That means you will be able to shield more of your earnings from federal income taxes when you file in 2024. It's important to note these inflation adjustments happen every year and are based on formulas set by Congress. It just so happens that inflation is really high now, so the bracket gets adjusted it accordingly. Have you ever heard of Steadfast Noon or Groom? Probably not, and if it was any other year, it wouldn't be such a big deal, but this year isn't like any other year. Steadfast Noon and Groom are annual nuclear exercises. One is happening now and the other the U.S. thinks is coming soon and is keeping an eye on it. Steadfast Noon is NATO's annual nuclear deterrence exercise that started this week and will run through the end of the month. 14 NATO allies, including the United States, are conducting drills over Belgium, the North Sea, and the United Kingdom. They're using all the fancy fighter jets, bombers, and surveillance aircrafts to ensure that NATO's nuclear deterrent remains, quote, safe, secure, and effective. The fundamental purpose of NATO's nuclear capability, they say, is to preserve peace, prevent coercion, and deter aggression. And Steadfast Noon is a chance for them to practice the, quote, deterring aggression part. It's important to note, NATO says, no live weapons are actually used during Steadfast Noon exercises. What has a lot of people paying attention is GROM, which is Russia's annual nuclear exercise. The United States believes GROM is happening sometime this month. It's different than Steadfast Noon in that in the past, Russia has used live missile launches and has deployed some strategic assets in connection with the exercise. What's especially concerning this year is what we've been reporting in Vladimir Putin's not-so-veiled threats about the potential use of his nuclear weapons in Ukraine. We don't want you to freak out here or be concerned. As we said, Steadfast Noon and Grom happen every single year. It's just that this year the United States National Security Council is closely monitoring Grom this year, specifically looking to see if Putin uses the exercise as an opportunity to move strategic forces or nuclear weapons or anything else that's not routine. We're going back to the basics to answer the three most popular questions about the midterm elections. One, what are the midterm elections? They are the elections hold when there is no presidential election. Midterms are held at the halfway point of a president's term. Nationally, they determine who controls Congress. In some states, they will determine your governor, state, or local leaders. Two, when it is the midterm elections? The Tuesday after the first Monday in November, this midterm election day is November 8th, but some states like Georgia are already voting because of their state's early voting laws. Thirdly, how do the midterm elections affect the president? Midterms don't really impact the office of the president. Every president gets a four-year term, but what impacts the president's work after a midterm is who controls Congress. For example, right now the Democrats control the White House, the House, and just narrowly in the Senate. 
But if after the midterms, the Republicans take over one or both congressional chambers, that will impact what the president can accomplish. Make sure you're registered to vote. And depending on your state, there are deadlines. So check with your county registrar of voters to make sure you can participate this November. Georgia residents have started casting their ballots in the midterm elections Monday. That's because of the state's early voting law. Georgia is one of the most hotly contested states when it comes to the Senate. The Georgia race could determine which party controls the U.S. Senate, and Georgia residents are deciding between incumbent Democrat Senator Raphael Warnock and Republican candidate challenger and former football star Herschel Walker. If neither candidate gets more than 50% of the vote, there will be a runoff. And this is important Georgia caveat that not a lot of people are paying attention to in the outcome that have many political watchers are counting on. The Senate race isn't the only hot race in Georgia. Voters are also deciding who their next governor will be. It's a rematch between Republican incumbent Governor Brian Kemp and Democratic challenger Stacey Abrams. The very next day, we learned those Georgia midterm voters turned out in record numbers. On the first day of early in-person voting, more than 131,000 people cast ballots. On Monday, the state's top elections officials said, up from roughly 71,000 back in 2018. That's an 85% increase from that last midterm election back in 2018, as I said. There are more than 7 million active voters on the state rolls, according to the Secretary of State's office. This turnout just underscores the importance of several key high-profile races being run in the state, including the race for Senate and for governor. The president promised during a rally Tuesday that the first piece of legislation he would send to Congress after the midterms if Democrats retain control is a bill to codify nationwide abortion rights as they were under Roe v. Wade. He said he wants to have it passed and signed before January 22nd, the 50th anniversary of the Supreme Court decision that guaranteed a woman's right to an abortion. Here are the facts. Democrats currently hold the House and Senate and White House and still can't seem to pass a bill to codify abortion rights. So whether the president can keep this promise will depend on how large the margin of victory is for Democrats after the midterms. If Democrats pick up more seats than they have right now in both the House and the Senate, there's a chance this can happen, but the outcome of the midterm elections is unknown at this point, and it could still go in either party's favor. Former President Donald Trump's company charged the Secret Service as much as five times more than the government rate for agents to stay overnight at Trump hotels while protecting him and his family. According to expense records newly obtained by, the con- by Congress, the records show that in 40 cases, the Trump Organization billed the Secret Service far higher amounts than the approved government rate. In one case charging agents $1,185 a night to stay at the Trump International Hotel in D.C. The new billing documents, according to a congressional committee review, show that U.S. taxpayers paid the president's company at least $1.4 million for Secret Service agents to stay at Trump properties 
for his and his family's protection. There are a lot of questions about how that was even approved in the first place. There are stringent government rules about how many tax dollars can be spent on hotel rooms for government business. The Trump family, Eric Trump in particular, has touted multiple times that the Trump organization would not even charge the government for the Secret Service stays at Trump properties. Steve Bannon will be sentenced on Friday after his conviction for contempt of Congress. He has refused to comply with the January 6th committee subpoena to testify. The Department of Justice filed a request this week asking the court to impose a six-month prison sentence for the conviction and a $200,000 fine. The DOJ argues that Bannon, quote, exacerbated the attack on the Capitol on January 6th by evading the committee's subpoena and that he did not fully comply with the DOJ's own pre-sentencing investigation, accusing him of, quote, a bad faith strategy of defiance and contempt. As a response to the DOJ, lawyers for Bannon asked for probation and to stay out of prison pending an appeal. Sentencing is set for today. Getting into rapid news, members of the internationally acclaimed K-pop group BTS will take a break from their music careers to fulfill their mandatory military services. Amazon workers in upstate New York voted by a roughly 2 to 1 margin against unionizing, according to results tallied on Tuesday by the National Labor Relations Board. Nick, what do you got for this Friday morning good news? All right, so for my good news story today, we have just... A straight-up hero story once again. Uh, I'm finding a lot of these lately, and they're just too good to pass up on. This one's so amazing. So this couple uh, going on their honeymoon uh, from Rhode Island to Spain, they were walking through... You know, just down the street in Spain on their way to a park tour when they happened to see flames coming out of the door of this building, and they didn't even hesitate. They ran right inside. Mind you, there's no way to tell what 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 this building was there was no way to tell whether it was just like a normal apartment building or any other kind of residence or anything like that but they ran in to help anyway and what they found was a burning nursery so there were still babies inside that the nurses were working to get outside there were about 20 babies still left inside so these two just hopped right into the fray and helped get these babies out safely. All of them got out safe. The staff, the babies, everyone was safe and perfectly fine. And what made this even more amazing is that there was a complete language barrier because no one inside the building spoke any English besides this couple. So there was a complete language barrier, but they almost found what they called like a universal communication, an understanding of this is what we're trying to do. This is what we have to do. uh, So let's do it. And just, absolutely amazing story here you gotta love this it, it is it's an amazing story and it makes it's impressive as is but it makes it even more impressive that there was a language barrier also playing a role in that yeah no i absolutely agree and it's just one of those moments where you find yourself in such a pivotal situation in such a uh, high risk situation and everything's crazy where you just kind of find that universal connection where you find that universal communication to say hey you know we're all working towards the same thing this is a really dangerous situation we need to move fast and you just kind of find that rhythm and what's even more amazing too i just want to note is that after all this the couple still went on their park tour so <laughs> they had a full experience that day 
Well said. That is the end of this Friday morning news episode. We will be back here Sunday morning for what to expect for the week of October 23rd, the last full week of October, which is crazy to say, but we are at the end of October almost. But until then, have a great start to your weekend, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.